and you're taking selfies of myself. Publicity selfies that I can use later on in the web to promote this show, The Wake Up Show. I'm your host, Dante Greco. How was your Coachella weekend? Everybody have a good time? I saw a lot of my friends back in L.A. posting selfies and status updates and whatnot, pictures from Coachella. I've never actually been to it, although I did go out to the desert last year. It's this big music festival that takes place near Palm Springs, California, in case anyone didn't know. And uh, all the now all the young people go there and they dress up like hippies and they got flowers in their hair and a lot of musicians, a lot of celebrities go to it. But I've never actually been to the festival but I did go out there to party last year, and man, was that crazy. I can't even talk about that here on the air. I don't think I'm allowed to. But, um, yeah, I, I've never been to one. I wonder, am I missing out? Am I trying to be, like, too old, too cool? Am I missing out on a key part of my youth? I've been to Stagecoach last year. That's the big country music equivalent of Coachella. It's at the same place, but uh, that was for work, really. Maybe I'll go to Bonnaroo. I think that's what we have out here in Tennessee, right? Bonnaroo? We'll see. So speaking of Coachella, I'm seeing now that Madonna was there performing, and she, for the close of her set, I think it was her set, or maybe it was this guy's set, the rapper Drake, she came out, and he was sitting on a chair, and she's dancing, and she's, like, behind him and singing, and then... To finish things off, she makes out with him heavily. And, um, the, uh, like, she apparently didn't notice this, or maybe she just ignored it. But she, he's sitting there in the chair with his head back. She's standing up above him making out with him. And then when she's done, he leans forward, like, gagging, like he's going to throw up. He's, like, wiping his mouth, and he's got this horrified look on his face. Uh, and I just want to say, first of all, man, is she still shocking or what? I mean, that's crazy. But um, it was pretty funny, although I also feel bad for Madonna because she still obviously cares about being out there and being at the top of the uh, the heap in terms of pop music. And uh, I bet it's hard for her being someone who was so influential and so identified with the youth and what was hip and current to have to kind of let go of that and move on and uh, change her career up, you know, at least change some aspects of it uh, in terms of the live performance and the whole uh, outrageous act that she puts on. Uh, I do. I, I feel bad for her because I know that she, you know, <laughs> it's no one wants to see someone that you just made out what made out with uh, look completely disgusted by the act. And uh, so publicly, too. So, sorry, Madge, as they call her, Madge. Uh, I also want to talk about this story I read last week. So, in Texas, a Brinks truck, which is those things that go to all the banks and businesses, and they actually pick up the money, the cash money, and they transport it. The It somehow flew open on a freeway in Texas, and money started flying out. And so, a bunch of people stopped. And got out of their cars and tried to collect this cash and make off with it. And the cops have said anybody caught trying to use that cash is potentially facing jail time. And I just want to say to these people, yeah, how do you think you're going to get away with that? I mean, you're on a freeway 
It's slowed to a crawl now. You think that you're just going to be able to jump out of the car, and I'm sure the Brinks trucks guards were standing out there too, and you're just going to jump out and pick up the cash and get out of there, and they're not going to at the very least get your license plate number? And, of course, people were filming it with their cell phones. How stupid do you have to be in this day and age to think that you can just take the cash? I know it's tempting, but, you know, and one of the guys that uh, was spoken to said that he was, uh, I guess somebody who was recording with their cell phone was asking questions too, and he asked one of the guys that was taking the money, he just said that they were just trying to make a dollar or two. It's like, you scumbag, get out of here. You're trying to make a dollar or two by picking it up off the freeway. Ugh, disgusting. But um, I, I know the temptation. I've certainly picked up money off the floor before, but that's, you know, an isolated incident. So this story is kind of scary to me. Um, there's a kid. He tried to play a prank on a teacher, and now he's getting charged with a felony. He basically logged into the network and uh, or hacked into it. I don't know. I guess technically it's hacking. But he got into the network, and he changed the desktop, the background image for a uh, one of the teacher's computers said it was a teacher that he didn't like, so he was just trying to mess with him. So he changed the background to show a picture of two men kissing, which is, you know, it's so stupid. It's just like a juvenile prank, you know, what kids would think was funny. But now they're charging him with a felony for tampering with the school's files and in accessing this encrypted thing. And they're saying that, you know, well, what he did wasn't that serious. He could have done more. So we got to charge him with a felony. And I think that, honestly, we're being a little bit too hard on kids when it comes to stuff like this. Um, pranks that might have been more, you know, the way I view it is the same compulsion that, uh, you know, uh, had made this kid do this prank of changing the guy's background is the same thing that maybe made kids 50 years ago put a tack on a teacher's chair, which to me sounds way worse. Like, that sounds like it actually hurts. A tack. Arr. So, I think that, you know, he's just trying to do something dumb and stupid and trying to get a laugh. And uh, to be charged with a felony, I really think is an overreaction because that type of stuff will follow you around for the rest of your life. And it's kind of unfair to put someone at a disadvantage like that over something that's basically stupid, could be handled with, you know, suspension, maybe expulsion, uh, you know, or some sort of disciplinary action. But everybody's got to get the cops involved now whenever anything bad happens. And honestly, once you do that, it's kind of out of your hands because they've got to follow what the letter of the law says. And uh, it's it's really, I, I, I don't like where we're heading as a society when you can't just kind of punish a kid and then move forward with it. You gotta, you gotta label him as a felon for the rest of his life for something dumb he did when he was 14. You know, I think that actress Lily, no, not Lily, Lizzie Kaplan. She's on uh, some show called Masters of Sex and some other stuff. I think she's super hot, but she also looks like Richard Lewis, the comedian. But I'm okay with that. So a few weeks ago, I touched on this issue that's going on in California. If you don't know, they're having a drought, the worst drought ever, it seems like. And uh, they're having to cut back on water and ration it and tell people that they have to take shorter showers and all that kind of stuff. 
And I floated an idea that I think could solve this problem. And actually, since then, I've been reading about how people are angry with the company Nestle for pulling California's water out of the ground to bottle it and then sell it back to them. Well, I think I have a solution that sort of solves both problems for Nestle and for the Californians. It allows Nestle to keep doing that and the California people to get some of that water back. And that is... Let me lay the table here. You know how someone comes over to your house and they say, oh, can I have some water? And you, if you don't have a water filter, you probably just buy bottles of water. You give them a bottle and then they take it and uh, they drink like, you know, a third of it or half of it. And then they just leave it there. And then they forget that they even were the one drinking out of that bottle. So they don't want to drink it again. And you certainly don't want to put your lips on that. I mean, they've been putting it in their mouth for upwards of 20 minutes or so. What do you do with it? You just pour it down the drain. Maybe if you have a garden, you pour it there so your flowers can get a little bit of water. I say what we do is take all those water bottles, and the whole country can do this to help out California because California is a major part of this country. Take these water bottles that your friends and family and your family's friends aren't finishing and send them back to California so that they can drain that water back into some reservoir and that'll help kind of temper the problem with the drought. And I have an even better solution uh, economically, I think, which helps out a couple different groups of people. Now, I'm being completely serious about this. The homeless people who are going around looking for these bottles anyway, we all know that they're doing it. Why not put them to work actually opening the caps and emptying the bottles of water into the reservoir and then let them take the bottles and turn them in for the money? I think this solution serves everybody. I think it's one of the better and maybe even the best ideas that I've heard to help combat the drought. And I think everyone should get behind it. You have no reason not to because I'm telling you, it drives me crazy, and it's been something that's plagued me my whole life because I have siblings who would have a bunch of friends over, and we'd have a big uh, box of water bottles, and then by the end of the day, they'd be all gone except they'd be you know, uh, spread out around the house half full, and no one wants to drink them. So please, get behind this idea, America. What are you laughing at? <laughs> You're laughing at the Wake Up Show with Dante Greco, me, your host. Oh, man, am I tired. I couldn't sleep last night. I just, like, was so restless, and I don't know why. I mean, I, I normally am a little bit anxious the night before I have to come in and do the show, but I really couldn't even get to sleep. And, like, I woke up early yesterday to make sure I'd be tired enough by the end of the night, and it still didn't work. Does anybody want to come in and do the rest of the show for me? You, you just got to be here till 9. I'll keep the uh, request lines open in case anyone wants to volunteer. So uh, what TV shows are you all watching? I know that Game of Thrones premiered last night. I didn't watch it. I was going to actually with my girlfriend. I haven't watched any of the seasons because I'll be totally honest. I don't care. I'm not into the fantasy thing. It's just not my scene, man. But, uh, of course, everyone I know watches it, and everyone in popular culture seems to watch it. My girlfriend's a big fan of it, so she said, okay, let's watch it this season. And I agreed, reluctantly, 
but we missed it last night. She had the timing off. Instead, we watched The Last Man on Earth, that, that show with Will Forte where he's got a beard and he's the last man on Earth. Funny show. I like it. I've actually been watching a lot more TV this past year since I moved out here because, um, number one, I have like almost no friends out here. All my friends are back in L.A. It's just me and my girlfriend, and we don't go out and party that much. We don't really go out to bars or anything, so we pretty much just come up and watch TV. But there's actually been good stuff. You know, I watched Better Call Saul. Uh, I liked that. Um, the Last Man on Earth. I'm watching a lot of shows like Married at First Sight, where they marry people at first sight. And um, lots of TV. But the Game of Thrones thing, one, say, one thing I will say, because I'm now going to give it a chance this season, is, man, do they spoil this in the news the next day because I'm reading all the websites, I'm on Twitter, I'm doing all this stuff trying to find material for the show and everyone's got to talk about what happened on Game of Thrones last night and they think they're being clever I don't know, maybe they think they're protecting us but they write spoil alert in big letters so that you know not to read the text but meanwhile they put up a picture and I'm pretty sure the picture is, like, of the person who something happened to on the show. I've tried to avoid it, but I'm starting to be able to piece it together. Even from not even seeing the show ever, I'm starting to be able to figure it out just from the little words here and there. I really think they shouldn't be allowed. There should be a moratorium on writing about a show the next day in the major media. Because so many people now watch everything on demand anyway. They don't even watch it live. And, um, you know, just write about it on like a fan forum where people are ready to discuss it. Or at the very least, put spoiler alert and just put the Game of Thrones logo. You don't need to put a picture of the guy who may or may not have been involved in whatever happened last night. Hey, anybody remember that show, Dateline to Catch a Predator? Um, it was the show where they would set up a sting for some child predator. They'd get him to come to, that, to a house thinking they were coming to like see some kid and then... Um, They'd have the guy come in, the kid would leave the room, and then Chris Hansen, the host of the show, would walk in and he'd say, well, why don't you have a seat right over there? And then the people would always be like, whoa, what's going on? Oh, my God. And then he'd say, so what, what are you doing here today? And the guys would be like, no, I was just coming to talk to the kid. I was just, you know, coming to counsel them, or I was just coming to make them a sandwich, or I was just coming to watch cartoons with them. That's it. Or I was going to tell them not to do this. And... It was just, the, in its time, it was the greatest show ever. It was, you couldn't not watch this show when it was on. It was just fascinating to watch the, the, the reactions of these guys. And Chris Hansen looked like kind of a weird guy himself. And, um, you know, people had a lot of questions as to how legal it was, how much good it was doing. And I think those are legitimate questions because apparently a lot of the people were never actually prosecuted and... Um, they, the way they would do it was how they could show it on TV was they would go and shoot. They would, they would set up the sting in these little communities where you didn't have to get permission from a person to use their face on television. So they would do it that way so they could make sure they had the show. And then they would have the guys come in. But then I guess in, inevitably a lot of them were released based on lack of evidence. So um, it, and the way they would lure them in was by uh, like chatting with them online. They'd have like an FBI officer pretending to be some kid chatting with uh, some pervert. And um, point is, the show got canceled. I didn't know this. I wondered where it went, but I was just reading about how uh, one of the guys killed himself. 
So uh, inside the house, while the new, while the, the the camera crew, oh yeah, I forgot to mention that. So what would happen was Chris Hansen would be questioning these guys, and then at the end he'd say, "Well, I got to tell you one other thing. I'm Chris Hansen with Dateline NBC, and you're going to be on television right now." And the guys would either stay in there or most of the time they would just rush out of the house and then they would get tackled by the police in front of the cameras that were waiting out there to capture this moment. And I guess one of these guys took his own life, which is unfortunate. uh, And that certainly explains why the show would go off the air. But now Chris Hansen, the host, is trying to get the show back on the air and he's crowdfunding. So, you know, if you are that big of a fan of the show... Now, I enjoyed watching it. I don't know that I would give money to see it back on the air again. I don't know if that's even right. I would. I don't know how I would feel about that or how people would look at me. But uh, he's, he's trying to get the show back on the air, and he's calling it this time Hanson versus Predator, which is, I guess, a take on Alien versus Predator or all those kind of movies that come out. So, you know, if you miss the show and you want to see it back on the air, you do have a chance to... Send your opinion uh, monetarily. I don't know if I'll be joining you, but uh, it certainly was quite a show in its day. You know, earlier when I was saying I was tired, I forgot to mention, I was so tired I forgot to mention why I even brought it up, was that when I'm tired, I feel literally like I can't even go on, like nothing's ever going to work out. You know, my career's never going to take off, I'm going to just... You know, die a loser, I'm not going to have any money. All those thoughts run through my head and it got me thinking, um, you know, sometimes if you're feeling down, you may just be tired. Seriously. You may really just need a nap because I notice the difference. When I am well rested, I feel like, hey, you know, everything's not going so great, but that's okay. I can keep going and I can keep doing, everything's going to be fine. But when I'm tired, it's like one thing goes wrong and I say, oh, that's, of course, it's over. I should just give up now. It's going nowhere. Uh, so uh, I was watching TV this week and I saw a commercial for U-verse, which is uh, AT&T's thing. And they're trying to promote their streaming video thing that you can watch anywhere like streaming live tv and the way they did it i thought was completely inane they said uh when a human lands on mars where will you be make sure you have uverse on the go and it showed someone with like their tablet watching the mars landing and i just thought you know let's be totally honest here we're not going to land on mars for what another 20 30 years if that don't you think that the technology will have changed by then and that you won't necessarily need U-verse on the go to watch the Mars landing? Come on. By the way, I also saw a video of a snake opening a door. I think it was a python opening opening a door. And I would also just like to say, who thought it was a good idea to teach a snake to open a door? Bad call, science or, or animal instructors, whoever's doing this, I really don't agree with this. This is kind of the same way I feel about people creating artificial intelligence that'll be able to think for itself. We don't need to empower these things. Don't you people realize that we have conquered not only the food chain, but like the, 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 the pyramid on top of Earth? We are at the top. Don't help these other animals and these machines take it back.
Man, I'm trying to find some positive stories to talk about this morning. I feel, I don't know, sometimes I feel like I, I veer too much into the negative, but there's nothing that positive happening this morning. I'm looking at the news sites. It's like, here's just a rundown of some of the headlines I'm looking at. Uh, free-range children seized by the Child Protective Services wandering alone in a park. If you remember that story, these parents had to go to court and go through a whole thing because they let their children walk home a mile from a park, something that was normal 50 years ago. Now they're being hassled for it. Well, it looks like they let their children out again, and now they're going to be in trouble. Uh, boy three shoots and kills one-year-old baby after picking up a loaded gun. That's great. Yeah, I want to talk about that. Four killed as plane crashes during attempt to land at Fort Lauderdale Executive Airport. Awesome. Driver and 15-year-old boy shot dead in revenge after he accidentally hit and killed a two-year-old with his van. Isn't that wonderful? So, you see, I'm trying to make the best of uh, this morning, but uh, there's just, you know, it's not giving me much to work with. I'll be totally, totally honest. (laughs) So, uh, oh, how about this? Over the weekend... Man, this is embarrassing. I I don't even know if I should bring this up if I want to remain a respectable member of society. But a few months ago, my girlfriend and I made for dinner a uh, bolognese sauce. If you don't know what that is, it's like meat, you know, hamburger meat with tomato sauce and tomatoes and some other stuff. And you cook it up in a pan with some olive oil. It's pretty good. You eat it with some pasta. It's it's a delicious. It's a delicious Italian meal. So there was some leftover, and I always like to eat leftovers, or at least I'd like to pretend that I do. So we put the pan with the bolognese in it, and the pan had a top on it, and we put it in the fridge. And then it was there a day, and then it was there a couple days. And then a couple days turned into a week, and then turned into a couple weeks. And then, you know, just more weeks, weeks went by. A month went by. Two months went by. And my girlfriend would always say, we got to get rid of that bolognese. And I know when she says we, I know she's always saying me. And frankly, I feel like I do lately more than my fair share of the chores. I do the dishes all the time. I'm always sweeping up. I'm taking the trash out, you know, doing laundry, cleaning up the bathroom. I'm doing it all. And she does a little bit, but I think she's been slacking lately, to be quite honest. And she always says, we got to get rid of that bolognese. I say, okay, well, we're going to do this one together. We're going to get together and do it. And then another month went by. Then finally, this past weekend, I think it's we're at like the three. And this is like, yeah, three months. This is like my secret shame. You know, this is like how uh, Harry Reid probably feels about his brother. Like, this is embarrassing. I say, okay, I'm home alone this weekend because she was out. I said, all right, finally. Uh, you know what? I'm feeling energized. I'm feeling up. It's a, it's a bright day. There's fresh air. I'm going to do it. So I tie a shirt around my face to protect myself from the noxious fumes that I'm anticipating. And I pull this pan out. And um, I take the top off. And ugh, it was like... All the oil and the sauce had congealed together, and they just—they looked like a—they uh, looked like a big slice of cheddar cheese on the bottom of the pan, 
and then um, like the sauce and the meat was still over to the side, just sitting there, still moist. Oh, it was so gross. So I threw it out. And I, I wiped it all off and I cleaned the pan off. And, you know, I personally, I wanted to just throw it out. I said, you know what, forget the pan. We'll buy a new one. But I guess her mother gave it to her, my girlfriend, so she wanted to keep it. I still don't feel safe using it, but we did wash it out. Man, isn't it amazing that there's another guy out there with Michael Jordan's name who's getting famous? Michael B. Jordan, the actor, and he's actually got a pretty good career going on. Uh, he's a uh, he's he's in the Fantastic Four, I think. I think he's he was in Fruitvale Station, which got a lot of awards attention, and uh, now he's in some new uh, uh, Rocky spinoff with Sylvester Stallone. He's got quite a career, but I bet that really must bother the real Michael Jordan. Because he's so competitive, you know, he must sit there thinking like, man, this guy's not Michael Jordan. He's not even, uh, he doesn't even have an Oscar yet. He's nothing. I'm Michael Jordan. A guy like that, he definitely hates it. I'd love for someone to get an interview with him. Like, I remember um, Howard Stern used to be annoyed with this guy, Howard K. Stern, who was uh, Anna Nicole Smith's manager or something. Because this guy's out there with his same name and, you know, not doing that great. At least Michael B. Jordan is putting together a respectable career. Um, so this next story is for the people in the cars right now or even anyone who owns a car. It's the top 10 cars that no Americans want to buy anymore. And you may be in one of them right now. And if so, I'm sorry, man. I'm, you know, I hope uh, how many more payments do you have on the lease or is it a buy? Are you buying it? Sorry, brother. There's three Cadillacs on this list. They're all sedans. The ATS, the XTS, and the ELR. So I guess Cadillac is no longer the Cadillac of automobiles. I said, thank you. <laughs> all right. Um, yeah, there's a bunch of cars in here from like Kia and Volvo, but I don't think anyone would even recognize the specific model, so I'm not going to read the whole list. But number one, number one on the list is, and if you're in one of these right now, I really feel bad for you. I almost thought this was my car when I first saw the story, but then I breathed a sigh of relief. It's the Honda Insight. That's right. That's the number one car that Americans just don't want to buy anymore. They sit there on the lot for, oh, 170 days on average. No one, no one leaves with them. They look kind of like the Honda Civic, which is what I drive, so I got scared for a moment. But then I remembered, oh, Honda Civic, I think, is just one of the top cars that gets broken into. So I'm good. I, somebody still wants it. Um, by the way, speaking of cars, I was at the DMV last week, and um, I want to say this. I know everyone likes to cut funding for government programs, and I agree, there's a lot of waste. But anything that is run by the government where you, where like you have to go in there and interact and try to get something done, I think should be fully funded because they've got like six spaces at the at the counter, but there's two people working any time ever. I've been in there a few times lately and there's never more than two or three people working it. And the lines are long. And people get confused and a lot of people who come in there don't know what they're doing and you need someone to like take their time to explain it and go over it with them. 
I just think when it comes to the DMV, give them all the money they want to make it as streamlined and as easy to do as possible because it really can take up your whole day. And another thing, people might disagree with me on this too. I don't care. I I honestly feel like um, this is something we should consider. The fast food workers want a higher wage. Okay, now I'm not an economics major. I, I don't really know the ramifications of raising their wages. All I know is this, and I've got some friends who have made, I guess, some good points that they say, if you raise the wage of a fast food worker, you're going to attract more qualified people who are going to come in. And then what's going to happen to the lower skilled workers who maybe uh, try, try to get, you know, jobs to, or, you know, young people who try to, to uh, get their start in the um, fast food industry, get their first job? Fine. You know, I, I, you know what? That's true. I, I don't know what's going to happen to them. But... Honestly, I want those high-skilled people attracted to the fast food job because I don't want to have to sit there and worry that someone's going to mess with my order. They're going to make it badly. They're going to let hair drop from their head into the into my french fries or they're going to do something else. I, I want to attract people who are going to take my food seriously and who are going to be less likely to screw with it in some way because that's really one of my biggest fears. So it looks like the leadership in Turkey is angry at the Pope because he used the term genocide to describe the uh, killing of Armenians in the early part of the 20th century by the Ottoman Empire. And uh, apparently Turkey doesn't want it to be referred to as a genocide. But historians estimate that up to 1.5 million Armenians were killed by Ottoman Turks around the time of World War I, an event widely viewed by scholars as the first genocide of the 20th century. Turkey, though, has insisted that the toll has been inflated and that those killed were victims of civil war and unrest, not genocide. It's fiercely lobbied to prevent countries, including the Holy See, from officially recognizing the Armenian massacre as a genocide. I, I just want to say, you know... Why not? And I wasn't there. I don't know too much about the conflict. But if everyone else is saying it was a genocide, why not just say, okay, we're going to take responsibility for what the people... Well, let me... Actually, that might be wrong. What, What I'm trying to say is, look, it wasn't you right now that did this. It was the people 80 years ago. It was a completely different group of people and a different leadership that did this to the Armenians, whether it was a genocide or not. So why not just say, okay, maybe our past leadership did do this uh, as a country. We we apologize. We uh, accept responsibility in terms that it was done in the name of Turkey, but it wasn't us because, you know, Germany did that, excuse me, and they seem to be getting along just fine. So what's the big deal, Turkey? I'm all shook up. So I'm reading an article in the Washington Post. A girl is complaining that uh, Apple's new diverse emojis are actually more problematic than they were before. Um, Those of you who aren't addicted to your smartphones and you're not texting all the time, emojis are like little picture, little cartoon pictures that people insert into their text messages. You know, it's like a, a smiley face or... Um, a picture of a candy cane or something or like a Christmas tree, stuff like that to kind of 
augment what you're trying to say. And they have faces. They have a lot of different faces. And uh, up until now, people were complaining that, for the most part, the faces were all white. And, uh, you know, if it wasn't the yellow traditional smiley face, it was like, you know, a white guy's face. So people were complaining about that. And now this girl's saying that because they introduced new emoji emojis that, um, you know, span the entire race uh, spectrum, I guess, that it's worse. And I want to say, like, well, what are they supposed to do? On the one hand, you got the people complaining that, hey, I don't see any emojis that look like me. And now they finally give people some. And now it's now they shouldn't have done that. Because, according to this girl, um, now people are inserting race into things where there never was race before. Or people are using these emojis to make racist jokes. Yeah, that might be true. But those people were likely going to do that anyway. They may have just used their words or something else. But now they're just like, oh, I'll, I'll just use this emoji. It makes it easier. You can't really blame Apple for that. That definitely wasn't their intent when they in- introduced these. And now the, the girl's also complaining that, like, she now has to feel like um, she has to identify herself racially in simple text messages and tweets. And I've got a, uh, I've got a, uh, an answer for you. You don't have to do that. You can do or not do whatever you want. You can use an emoji that maybe identifies you racially. You can just use a normal smiley face. No one cares, and uh, no one's sitting there saying, oh, you, she's not being true to who she is. She didn't use the such-and-such such emoji. Really, you're, you're making too big of a deal out of this. It's a text message and a picture. And uh, she's also saying, well, now I'm going to question why this guy would send me this one specific type of emoji. Why is he sending me the black girl emoji instead of the white one? Uh, I'm telling you, you're seeing a problem where there isn't a problem. Some people are just obsessed with race. Some people are racist. Those people are going to figure out a way to express it one way or another. And you don't have to get caught up and worried that you're not sending the right emoji. Believe me, no one's putting that much thought into it except you. Well, this was fun. I had a great time. I hope you did. Let's do it again sometime. How about Wednesday morning at 6 a.m.? Same station, 88.5 WVCPFM. I forgot to talk about Jaden Smith today. That's Will Smith's kid. I'm going to bring that up on Wednesday morning. I promise you. And so much more on the Wake Up Show. I'm your host, Dante Greco, saying uh, again, thanks for listening. Keep listening. And I'll see you Wednesday morning, okay? Have a great day from everybody here at WBCP.